0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Clemson Tiger Wire Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. Thanks so much for being here, listening to this episode. Here at Clemson Tiger Wire Podcast, we are all about Clemson athletics. Uh, we Last week we kind of announced our big exciting news where we are signed and we are a part of the Believe Sports Network or the Believe Network uh, where you can find every team, every topic, every day for all your podcast needs. And so here on the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast, we focus all about Clemson athletics. And right now during the basketball season, we are all about some Clemson basketball. My name is John. I'm your host. And again, thank you so much for joining us and being a part of this episode today. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Clemson's game tonight against Alabama, and we're going to walk through our takeaways from that game. And so since our last episode, uh, we Clemson has actually played in two games. Our last one uh, that we did not cover was last Friday. That was against Alcorn State. Honestly, that was a great game. It was what you could expect. Clemson won big, not a lot of excitement. Uh, we uh, held strong the entire game, won dominantly 90-69. to Fun fact, we almost predicted that score here on the Clemson Tiger Wire podcast. Uh, you can follow us over on Twitter, and we make a lot of pregame predictions, that kind of stuff. And we actually guessed the final score was going to be 91-69. to One point off. Not bad, right? Well, we guessed 91-69, ended up being 90-69. to So uh, we're, 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 that's just what we're about here. So if you're not following us over on Twitter, make sure you follow us over at the Tiger Wire. It's at the Tiger Wire. Um, so yeah, so you can follow that, join in. Uh, we got pretty close on that prediction. But honestly, the highlight of that game uh, was PJ Hall got his career high, 29 points, paired it with nine rebounds, four assists. It was a great game, right? It was it was just a fun game to be a part of, fun game to be about. It was a good Friday game right after Thanksgiving. Students weren't really a part of the crowd. Uh, the crowd wasn't really into the game much. Um, so it was a good opponent to schedule the day after Thanksgiving, knowing it wasn't going to be... The biggest or the best home court, uh, but Clemson Tigers went in, handled business at home, and won by 21 points against Alcorn State. But on to tonight's game. And let me start off by saying this, right? In an episode from earlier on at the beginning of the season, I made our preseason predictions. And on those preseason predictions, you can go back and listen to those. I talked about what I thought our non-conference results would be from our non-conference schedule. I talked about what our ACC results would be, who I thought what awards we would win, what our players would land, that kind of stuff. I talked about all our predictions, and I had us losing to Alabama tonight. That was my prediction, and I even said on the podcast, I didn't think it was because Alabama was better than us. I just thought it was our first big, uh, big test. I thought it was our first challenge of the year. Um, we'd played some a little bit, not as high of a level as Alabama is opponents up to this point. And so I predicted that we were lost and I am happy to admit I was wrong. I'm not too prideful to admit I was wrong, but I was, uh, we won tonight's game, which was awesome. And tonight's game was more of a challenge than our first five games was going to be. And we knew that going in, right? First, let's look at Alabama. Alabama is a strong offensive team. They're really good in transition, right? They play a high speed of play. They are making sure they're pushing the ball. They're getting a lot. They like high-scoring games. They like moving the ball. And I heard some crazy uh, fact that was on the game tonight where I think it was like 70% of their passes, 70% of their points and their shots are shot within two passes each possession, meaning they pass the ball one, zero, or two times, and then they're getting a shot up. That That's crazy super fast. That shows how fast they like to play. Um, so that's who the Alabama team is that we were playing. They're crazy good at home too. Coming into this game against Clemson, they had 19 straight home wins. And we're coming in and playing this number ranked number 24 team, Alabama. So 19 straight home wins, high speed of play, good in transition. They outshoot their opponents at the foul line almost every single game. So getting ready for the Knights game, we knew it's going to come down to who won the battle of the pace of play. Like we said, Alabama has a high speed of play. They like to play in transition. They like to play, move the ball fast. They like quick possessions. Clemson is not like that. We're more of a set offensive team, right? We're more one to take our time in transition. We'll push the ball when we need to, but let's slow it down, right? And, I mean, that is showed in the team scoring. And so, so far, Alabama has been a team that scores a lot of points. In their six games before Clemson, they scored over 103 times, then they scored 99, then they scored 98, and then in the only loss they have, they scored 80 points. Clemson is not like that at all. We have broke 91 time. The rest has been lower than that. We're averaging like 76 points a game. We're more of a slower game. And so tonight it was going to be who's going to win the game, who's going to win the pace of play, who's going to get their way when it comes down to what the pace of the game's going to be. And whoever wins that most likely going to win the game. But not only all that, coming into this game, let's be real, there was a lot of pressure on this game. And here's why I say that. Last year, Clemson uh, drew the short stake. Clemson uh, had a bad run, had a bad call late in the season, got some unfortunate luck when it came down to Selection Sunday and Selection Week for who made the tournament. Um, Clemson finished third in the ACC last year, had a great year, but they didn't make the March Madness tournament, and a big speculated reason is... It's because of a weak non-conference schedule. Last year, we did not have a game like this game against Alabama where we had a chance to prove who we were against people that weren't in the ACC or weren't a quote-unquote lower-level, lower-tier team. Um, And so this game had a lot of pressure because this was a chance for Clemson to come in and really show who we are. Not only show we are, but also get a really big win. So if we have a good year in the ACC and... For some reason, we're on the bubble when it comes down to selection and when it comes down to select teams for the tournament. If we win this game against Alabama, that's huge for our resume. That's a huge boost to put us in the tournament. So there's a lot of pressure. Uh, Brad's motto for the team this year has been "Lead, no doubt. Lead, no doubt." And honestly, this was a game. This was a, this was a chance to do, especially that uh, where when it comes down to it, we can put the voters, we can put the people in charge of selecting teams for the tournament. We can leave no doubt in their mind and show them that we could win a game against Alabama. So with all that being said, this game had a lot riding on it. This was a tough challenge. And so the first half came and it was a close battle the whole first half. And honestly, I want to dive in on Chase Hunter real quick in the first half. Chase Hunter is one of our starting guards with Joe Girard. And Chase has been one that honestly surprised me at his leadership and Uh, how big of an impact he's been making. He's been one of our top three guys. P.J. Hall is obviously our main guy. Joe Girard has been awesome. But Chase Hunter's been really impactful for us. But he disappointed me to start this game. He started this game, and he was playing really aggressive, which is good. But he was playing some dumb shots. Like, some of the shots he was putting up, it's like, just, no, 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 no. He was getting sucked into Alabama's pace of play They would try to push it, and so Chase would bring the ball down and would just throw up a random 10-foot jump shot or a falling-away fader or would shoot a three-point when he didn't need to or would force a pass in. He just, honestly, at first I was really worried because he was bringing the ball in, and it felt like he was starting to get uh, drawn into that high speed of play. But uh, over and over time, he started to slow down. He started to calm down. Um, One thing that really helped this game be close in the first half was Alabama started 0 for 9 from the three. They started 0-9, just nine straight misses from the three-point. But even with that, it was still a one-or-two possession game because Clemson kept turning the ball over and we kept taking dumb shots. I mean, that's what the game first half was close. It was low scoring, what Clemson wanted. It was a slow pace of play for most of the part, which is what Clemson wanted. And even with a sh- poor shooting performance from Alabama, it still was a one-or-two possession game because Clemson kept turning the ball over, and we kept taking dumb shots. Um, but late in the first half, Alabama went on an 8-0 run, uh, and what helped that was a seven-minute scoring drop from Clemson. Uh, Joe Girard eventually ended that made a two, and then Josh Beadle came in, uh, laid off the bench, finished a great like reverse lefty layup, and then right after that finished with a basket, uh, pretty much a buzzer beater to end the first half where we went up by one into halftime. Our halftime takeaways were, one, had some great defensive play. We kept the pace slow. We kept the scoring low, uh, but we realized we got to stop fouling. We were fouling a lot. I mean, a lot in the first half. And we also, they would run screens, and we would get caught up in the screen so much where they both would roll, both the guard and the big man would roll with the screener, and it would leave the ball handler wide open for a, low, a wide open three. Granted, they were missing a lot, which helped, but it that that hurt. So we had to make sure we fixed that. Um, Honestly, our defense played great, though. We held them to 27% from the field, 22% from the three, but we only had one forced turnover. Got to see that improved. Our offense, though, had to find more of a rhythm. We shot decent from the field, 46%, only shot 30% from the three, but we had six turnovers compared to their one in the first half. Had to limit that. Um, When it came down to rebounds in the first half, it was tied. Both were uh, really tied in rebounds in the first half. The assist battle was really close. The thing that kept the game close in the first half was Clemson's turnovers and then poor shooting from Alabama. But the thing is, is what really was worrying about me is you can't rely on poor shooting. You can't rely on a team to continue shooting terrible when they're a great scoring team, right? Alabama, like we said, scored 100 points in half their game so far. In the two of the other three, they scored 99-98. They know how to score the ball. You can't rely on teams being cold the entire game not finding a rhythm so we had to stop turning the balls over because we we tended to know in the second half they probably weren't going to miss all those shots we can't give them extra possessions the second half started and honestly at first it didn't look too hot um came out of the gate gave up some points had another turnover uh, gave up some more points and i'll be honest i'm not one to blame the refs. I'm not one to say the refs did this or the refs did that. That's not usually who I am. Watching the second half of this game, there was times where I was literally saying, Is there is there money on the game? Like what what is happening? The refs were calling some bogus fouls. Even to the point Jay Williams, who is apparently doing play by play get calling games now, uh, he was even like, Where is the foul there? The announcers were like, What is going on? The refs were the refs were definitely calling it heavily, uh calling some fouls on Clemson that Some invisible fouls, we'll just say. Um, So because of that, second half didn't start off well. P.J. Hall got in early foul trouble. And then Clemson went on a 13-0 run, which was huge. P.J. Hall got in early foul trouble with like, I think it was like 14 minutes left, 15 minutes left. P.J. had three on him. Uh, There was one section where three fouls were called in 15 seconds on Clemson. It was crazy. But I think that was early on in the second. And then P.J. Hall came back in with about 13 minutes left. And as soon as he came in, got three fouls on him, he comes in, hits a two. Awesome. Comes in, hits another two. Awesome. Comes in and hits a three. I mean, he came in, scored eight straight. As soon as that happened, they pulled him just so he could get some more rest. That kind of got us back in the game, talking about that 13-0 run. Uh, So he scored the first eight of it. And then RJ Godfrey hit a crazy good shot with uh, defense all over him. And then Joe Girard hit a massive three. And so 13-0 run, which helped us out really well. Like we said, P.J. Hall Hall got into some foul trouble. Uh, But while P.J. was sitting, we really had some players step up that we really needed. Chase Hunter, I know we said in the first half he was playing a little rough, but in the second half he started to come around. He started to make some good shots, get the ball open, start moving the ball around. Joe Girard also went on a tear, scored like 13 points in the second half or something like that, started playing excellent. And Ian Shefflin, huge on the boards. Huge on rebounding. I think he had nine rebounds in the first half. He ended up pulling a bunch, but he was huge in keeping the plays alive. And so the second half was huge. Um, Later on in the game, P.J. Hall comes back in with like four minutes down or four minutes to go. Chase Hunter hit some great shots. The last TV timeout, Clemson was up by seven, and honestly they didn't really turn back from there. Once P.J. Hall came back in, uh, Chase, Joe, they all started hitting some threes. They started hitting some shots, and with about I'd say probably four and a half minutes left, Clemson kind of took the lead, and they didn't look back. Um, so it ended the game with we ended up winning eighty-five to seventy-seven. A great win, eight points. Um, it was it was a great win, a great game. We ended up proving with all those challenges, with all that pressure happening, with going into facing Alabama, this great home team, this great scoring. We kept the pace slow. We kept the scoring low. And we ended up playing our basketball. We ended up playing who we are, right? And it it was a great game. The final stats were Clemson shot over 50% from the field, over 50% from the three-point, 66.7% from the foul line, had 41 rebounds, 12 assists, 11 turnovers, though, and 22 fouls. Alabama stats, they shot just over 30% from the field, uh, just over 30% from three-point, 76% from the foul line, uh, they also had 41 rebounds and 12 assists to tie there. They only had seven turnovers, and they only had 15 fouls. And so overall, it was it was honestly just a really, really good game. Um, we played our kind of basketball. We played our who we are. We fed the ball down low. We made sure Ian and P.J. were getting the matchups on the low block, and we're getting the ball down there, so we kept feeding there. We had players step up in the second half when they were needed. P.J. Hall finished with 20-plus points. Uh, Joe Girard had almost 20. Chase Hunter, R.J. Godfrey, both had double-digit scoring. Like we said, Ian Shefflin had a great game on rebounds. Ended up with 14 rebounds. Uh, it was overall just a great game. It was something to be happy about. Uh, there was some times of scary. There were some times where we got really nervous, but we ended up turning around and we played our basketball, remained calm, and got a win against a really good Alabama team. Like Alabama's going to be in the tournament when it comes to Marchtown. Uh, when it comes time for March Madness and we just beat them, and we didn't just beat them, right? Like, we beat them by a good amount of points. It was, it was a good game, so got to be happy with that. But with all that being said, we also have some takeaways from the game, right? Like, you don't just think about the game. You think about what that means for us. And there's two big questions or concerns uh, from this game that are still sticking around with us. And one, the first one is what we've talked about every single episode. Jack Clark and Chauncey Wiggins are really having me concerned. They are really having me be very concerned with what's going on. Um, I just I don't know if they're going to be the players they are. Uh, Chauncey Wiggins, if you haven't heard, I predicted him to be ACC Player of the Year in two year or in two years from now. Uh, but Jack Clark is a transfer from NC State. He's supposed to be great. These players are supposed to be players that are really making a big difference for us. But honestly, I'm concerned. Jack Clark got the start again tonight. I think he played two minutes before Chauncey Wiggins came in for him. Uh, honestly, neither one of them, they didn't play a lot of time. They didn't do a lot of stuff either. The stats were, here their stats combined. They shot one for five combined. They combined. They had two points. Uh, they also had two fouls. They had one turnover. These are all fat combined stats. They had one assist. They had four rebounds. Uh, they, that's it. They both went over one each. So they went over two combined from the three point. They, those are combined stats. They're not producing, and those are supposed to be our threes. Those are supposed to be the small forwards that can play up, they can play down, they can play big, they can play small, and they're just not producing. And so because of that, I'm really getting nervous about them. I'm really getting nervous whether or not they're going to be a part of the plan moving forward. I think Chauncey Wiggins is going to be great. I'm sticking with that. He's just really young. Jack Clark, I think that injury in the offseason prevented him from learning the system, preventing him from getting involved, and being able to mesh with the team, and I really think we're seeing that hurt him. So honestly, I'm really concerned about there. I'm curious to see how Brad handles that situation. Um, do you think Jack Clark, is is he going to keep getting Jack the starts and then immediately pulling Chauncey? I mean, Jack has started three or four games now, I think three games now, and all three games, uh, Chauncey Wiggins was in the sub in form before the first TV timeout. So is that going to continue? Is that worth it? or? Is he going to throw in the towel and just have Chauncey Wiggins come in to start? Is he going to find someone else to come in the field? Uh, maybe move, uh, maybe go back to a traditional Brad ball from like four or five years ago where we were on a three-guard system. Maybe move Josh Beadle or Dylan Hunter or Alex Hemingway back into the starting lineup and have Jack Clark and Chauncey Wiggins come in off the bench. Um, I'm not sure. I know there were some interesting lineups. I know tonight Brad Brunell went, had some interesting matchup and interesting lineups up on the court. He had Chase and Dylan Hunter, the Hunter brothers, on the court a lot together, which could be interesting. It was fun to see. But he had Jack Clark and Chauncey Wiggins on the court together a couple times, and you can't have those two on the court together because, honestly, neither one have proved they need to be on the court at all. It's just I'm really concerned about those two. I say all that to just say this. I'm really concerned about the future for Jack Clark and Chauncey Wiggins this season. I'm ready for one of them's got to step up and be the three spot that we need because once we get an ACC play – We've got our big three, yes. We're going to need one of their sizes to come in and have a great game to start hitting shots, playing some great defense, moving the ball, being a part of the team, not just being in there taking up minutes. You know what I mean? So I'm really concerned about them. The other question and concern, the second one, is just our foul line. Last game, we had a terrible foul line percentage, a free throw percentage, um, and now we had shot two-thirds, went 10 for 15 tonight. I'm nervous about that. Last year, we were a good team, but we've got to be able to hit shots. I don't, we cannot lose games because of foul lines. I mean, if we hit three more shots, it's a 10-point game win. You know what I mean? It's, we've got to be able to hit our foul lines. I'm concerned about that. We've had, so far, we've seen consistently shooting under 70%, and we can't do that. We got to hit our shots. But not always negative, Nancy. We also got some really big encouragements from the night. So, one, I love the breakdown of the team. I know I just talked about some interesting matchups and some players that I'm worried about, but Overall, I love our breakdown of the team because I think it's equally spaced. I think our team right now is perfectly, not perfectly, but it's balanced where we have our star players who are going to score. They're going to carry the team. Then we have other players who are going to provide a spark. Then we have more that are getting minutes and can provide like a, a little heat from off the bench. So you got our big three with PJ Hall, Joe Girard, Chase Hunter. Those three have proved they're going to be our high score and they're going to be the ones where we want the ball in their hands. But outside of the big three, you also have players who can get in there and provide a spark. You got Ian Shefflin, who's huge rebounding, who has also scored 10-plus points, I think, twice this season. You got R.J. Godfrey, who we have talked about just how much we love his personality and the teammate he is, who has great—he's had big shots every game. He might not be padding the stats, but he's had big shots every single game. I mean, tonight's game, he had a good game. He went five for six with 11 points, had three rebounds one assist, didn't have any turnovers. He did get four fouls on him, Uh, but he had a great game tonight. I mean, that's a good game off the bench. We're happy with that. You also have Alex Hemingway. He didn't play tonight. Low body injury. Hopefully that's just some minor Uh, he can get back into it. But when he's healthy, gosh, his three point, he's got one of those threes. When he hits it, he is on. Uh, He brings such energy, such a fire. He gets the crowd involved like Almost nobody like compared to PJ Hall, he's up there with how much he gets the crowd involved. So we've got those three who can provide a spark whenever they come off the bench. But then below them, we also have players that are getting minutes and they can also bring a spark. You got Dylan Hunter, who is literally a younger version of Chase Hunter. I mean, they're brothers. One's just a lot younger and one's got a lot more experience. I mean, Dylan Hunter can provide a spark. You see Josh Beadle, who immediately has gotten in some games and made immediate impacts. Uh, two of our games already this season, one being tonight. It's nice knowing that when P.J. might have to sit, we have other players who can step up. When P.J. might, because of foul trouble, because of tiredness, because of whatever happening, we have players who can step up and provide that spark off the bench. We saw that tonight with Chase Hunter and Joe Girard. Between Joe Girard and P.J., we should never have to go late in a game without one of them on the court. And that's huge. That's such an encouragement because in the past, we've had moments where it felt like we didn't have a guy. You know what I mean? Like you can have a five solid players on the court, but you always have to have a guy on the court. And it's nice because now that we have Chase Hunter, Joe Gerard, and PJ Hall, we we should never have to have that problem. The only time we should never have a guy on the court is garbage time when we got our start, when we got our bench players in. You know what I mean? It's we've got the setup where I really think we have potential where we have experience, we have seniority, we have a talented players that can swing at all levels. I mean, PJ Hall can drain a three as much as he can dunk it. It's he's crazy good. We have the star player. We have other players that can be star players, and we've got very talented, significant role players. I'm I'm not trying to hype the horse too soon. I'm not trying to base a whole season off of one thing. But guys, this Clemson team has the potential to be special. God, I'm really encouraged about that not trying to jinx anything. We are are also the only undefeated team left in the ACC. Just throwing that out there. But we really have the potential to be something special this year. And I think if we can continue growing, continue moving on, it's going to be really good. Um, Honestly, we should be ranked. I think the Nets rankings that come in, I think we're in the top 25. Should be like 21, 22. Uh, I think we're easily a top 20 team. But I don't think we'll be top 20 in the rankings. But, guys, so far after this game, after the first six games of this season, We've seen him overcome tribals. We've seen him overcome refs and horrible fouls calls. We've seen him play bad and then fix it and come back and win. And we've seen him dominate from start to finish. We've seen this Clemson team in all different kinds of trials and struggles, and they've come out on top. I really think that this team is going to be special, and I can't wait to see just how special they go. And so our upcoming schedule of our next couple games that we get to see him on, our first ACC game is actually this Sunday. We got a surprised ACC game in the middle of our non-conference schedule. So we're playing Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh this Sunday. Uh, Then Wednesday, we are back at home at Little John Coliseum against UOSC. That's the University of South Carolina. We just won without an offensive touchdown in football this past week. No big deal. Um, Shane Beamer cried about that, but it's all good. Uh, yeah, so home against them on Wednesday, and then on Saturday, we're home against TCU, but we're the home team in Toronto. We're going to Toronto and playing Texas Christian. I'm not sure why. Wish we weren't, but whatever. We're playing them. I'm, I'm glad we're playing TCU. That's a good opponent. I don't know why we're playing in Toronto. That's It's not going to be a well-attended game, I feel like, but it's going to be good. So we got Pittsburgh on Sunday, UOSC on Wednesday, TCU on Saturday. Going to be great. And so... Our next episode, we're going to release another one Sunday evening right after that Pittsburgh episode where we can dive in the recaps our thoughts on that game as we get started into ACC play and continue on as the season gets in a full swing. And so with all that being said, that is going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Wherever you're listening at, rate us. It would really appreciate and help us so much if you could rate us five stars. Share our show with your friends. Post it on your social media. Give it to your other Tiger fans. Uh, Let's make sure we can uh, let other people join into our family. Let's bring some more people into our Clemson Tiger Wire family. Uh, We also would love it if you could join in on the conversation on Twitter. Uh, Our Twitter, again, is at the Tiger Wire. You can join in there. Send us some questions. Talk about the show. Get on there. Join in the conversation over on there. We like to live tweet during the games a lot and just get involved with other people's opinions. So join us over there on that. And so with all that being said, until next time, keep that Tiger pride alive and roaring. We cannot wait to see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us and being a part of the family. As always, go Tigers.